Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MMA for Money Show, episode 73. Hailing from the Emerald Isle, a proper man with an essence of barley has come to Abu Dhabi on a mission to reestablish his command of a division his body has not seen in two years. In his stead, a man of precious gems with Louisiana hot sauce in his veins and Fightville on his mind has established himself as a benchmark of the top of the lightweight division. Barley spice and champion belt championship belt. Belt ice. There were the ingredients to give us this pay-per-view main event, Poirier versus McGregor 2. In this show, we will preview UFC 257, Poirier versus McGregor 2, plus the UFC Fight Island 8 DraftKings breakdown, since obviously we didn't have salaries last week, but we got them now, even though that fight is tomorrow or when you listen to this today, currently going on. So we'll try to pump this out as fast as we can. So if you're not like watching live or listening live, you may have some issue. Okay, well, I am Bob Boss, your favorite garbage man at MMA State of Mind, here with a real Mike, Mike Copenhaver, don't cope, just went at Mikey Gilman, at Mikey Gills there on Twitter. That's Gills with a Z rocking that proper 12 whiskey, getting all kinds of settled up. Follow the show at MMA for Money Show on Twitter. Real Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing absolutely amazing, man. I'm so stoked to talk about another Conor McGregor fight versus my boy Dustin the Diamond Poirier. I don't know what's hotter, Dustin's hot sauce or this fight, but this is going to be an amazing event. I've, I've just, I'm so stoked that we have uh, not only fights tomorrow, but we got them Saturday. So it's just after the uh, little bit of uh, hiatus we took to have fights back to back to back, it just gets me going. Mikey Gills. Uh, okay. I am doing great right now. I've got my Conor McGregor pop-up thing here. I got my proper 12. I even have a framed retweet from last year's Super Bowl where <laughs> Conor McGregor retweeted me. So that's how I'm feeling coming in tonight. I am pumped up. I've never been this excited. Let's go. <laughs> I did not, I'll, I'm with full, full transparency. I was not ready for the framed retweet. And I never would have. I never would have anticipated that to be a thing. And you know what? I, that, that, dude, cheers to you. Cheers to you. I, it's a big pay-per-view, and on beer pay, big pay-per-views, we're all drinking. So you go. feel free to join us. Mm. Uh, there we go. Now. Let's go. The MMA for Money show is here live on HAPS. If you're watching live, you're probably watching on that, maybe a few other things. But what is HAPS? It's a new platform that makes it super easy to simultaneously broadcast to all the social media channels. If you download and subscribe with apps, you will get 100 free coins for joining, which you can use to support our work here on MMA for Money Show. There's like little tips and awards that you can give for us. We typically get them within the chat. If you're not in the chat, you're really missing out. Great stuff happens in there. Thank you to everyone that's already in there. Thank you, Vince Guzman. Probably butchering your name. I really apologize for that one. Uh, anyone already in there? Currently 34 people in there. I, I can't pronounce nothing unless I hear it. You know that. Well, you could find the show on HAPS as you are right now or Twitch or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, just the straight RSS feed. We are also on YouTube. The full link shows after the fact and tidbits that we will break down. Subscribe. You will never miss a show. Like, comment, share. Please, please, please spread the word. Now, we went over UFC Fight Island 8 last week the full card breakdown if you're looking for that go back to episode 72 but one thing the one 
thing that we could not get on there was our DraftKings breakdown. But before we could get to that, I want to remind everybody of our bets for that fight card before we kick it to Mikey Gills. And he's going to give you the full DraftKings rundown on that. And then we will move on to the pay-per-view. This entire card, the entire show is basically going to be the pay-per-view. But we have a bet on believe it might be coming out as the first fight of the night on Victoria Leonardo at plus 150. That's one unit to win 1.5. And we have one unit on the Roxy one, Roxanne Matafari plus 275. That's one unit to win you guys 2.75. So two big, two underdogs, two, one modern, one big. We're coming in hot there on that UFC fight card, fight island eight. Hello, everyone in the chat. Hi, Jackie girl. Thank you for that super hard. Ryan Richardson, our sugar daddy, kick your bass. Let's go. He's there. I really appreciate everyone in the chat already. Are you up to 69? Nice. Um, first of all, before anything gets going, before we even sniff, even sniff at the pay-per-view, Mikey Gills, give me your DraftKings for fight island eight. All right, so this is the DraftKings for Magni versus Kiesa card, right? That's what we're doing? Just, you know, just so I have this, just so I don't start no, reading. I, I, yeah, that's why I want you to go just all Magni versus Chiesa card. Let's give go. Give your lineup, and then we'll transition past that. All, right. all I really wanted to do right there was to set you up because my first pick, I'm very angry at you, Bob. For $7,100, I hate you for this. I am picking Roxanne Matafari <laughs> as my <laughs> Look. You're too good at calling. I call them Matafari fights. I, I I know I know where I stand on this issue, and I know where you stand. So I'm not going to cheer for. Her. I'm not doing that. I'm going to sit there in silence. Yeah, and I'm going to grimace at my TV. Seventy-one hundred dollars. She's our first pick. Next up at seventy-four hundred. This is an interesting one, especially if you heard my breakdown for the fight. I'm going to roll with Nate with uh, Mason Jones here. Two-weight Cage Warriors champ. Very impressive resume that he's bringing into this fight. There are things that I don't like about Mason Jones, especially against someone like Mike Davis. But for $7,400, I can't ignore his overall game that he brings in. Black belt in multiple disciplines. He is tough as shit, which he's going to need once Davis starts swinging on him. But I'm going to roll the dice, and $7,400 is a low enough price for me to go against my own pick in this one. Next up, at $8,200, Ike Villanueva. There's two fighters in this fight. One is a slow starter who loses in the first round all the time. The other is a faster starter who beats people in the first round all the time. Which one am I going to pick? It's going to be Ike Villanueva. Vinicius Moray is... He's not good. I, that's really what it comes down to. This guy just, he's, he's, he was born to lose in the first round. And with these new DraftKings point scoring systems that they have, I want something to happen in under 60 because I want that 25-point bonus. Let's go. Next up, 8,300, Neil Magny. And this plays right into my standard historical, I don't think Michael Chiesa is very good platform that I've been on for a couple of years now. Uh, I'll make this one simple. Magny can outstrike him. He can outgrapple him. He can do whatever he wants to him. $8,300. I didn't understand the odds when they put these fight this fight out. I, I love this price tag i would have paid more for it next up ninety three hundred dollars sue mata jerry uh this is as good as a stylistic matchup as he's gonna get he's got a kickboxer in there who's gonna play to a style uh a little wild when he goes in there and i think sue's got the power to take him out of there quick i love this ninety three hundred dollars the price tag suits the expectations let's go last up umar nirmaga made off ninety five hundred dollars don't really need to explain this one feels like a bit setup fightish to me i don't know if you guys agree with that but probably probably he's ninety five hundred dollars on DraftKings for christ's sake I, that's close to 10,000. That's all you need to know. Anyway, that's our lineup. I can't say it again. Roxanne Matafara. Uh, uh, next up, Mason Jones, Ike Villanueva, Neil Magny, Sue Matayergi, and Umar Nurmaga Madoff. Let's go, UFC. Island eight. <laughs> so I, I appreciate the yes. intensity there. Very, very much so. So oh. if, if you're missing out, you are very much missing out. I know this one's going to be tricky because... 
we're giving this one out live now and obviously the fight card starts tomorrow morning but we'll try to get that out as much as soon as possible and I don't know, maybe first thing in the morning mike gills will give you his little twitter rundown depending if he's awake i assume he would be so go on that because this dude has been crushing DraftKings. he doubled his money last week with max oh, holloway yeah. setting unprecedented number okay we're not gonna get into the max holloway thing because that's honestly that's gonna waste too much of the show not waste he's amazing but we got to get to yeah, the pay-per-view. Don't get, don't get me started on that. Yeah, we can't, we can't get started. We cannot get started on that. I mean, it was we spent too much time la- the last week even though I mean we were proven right, but that's beside the point. That's beside the point. Thanks again Ryan Richardson our Sugar Daddy throwing us some high five awards there. I really much appreciate that. Jam, are you, are you jumping up to 125? And I haven't even said Santiago Ponzinibbio yet. And oh. we all know those are the magic words that make stuff jump. Okay, we're going to go to the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view, the biggest pay-per-view of the year so far. It's the first one. UFC 257 Poirier versus McGregor is happening. We are going to talk about Amir Albazi, who is plus 105 versus Zalgas Zumagulov. Nailed it. Minus 125. Mikey Gills, I'm going to throw it to you first for this one. Albazi versus Zumagulov. We skipped right over it. Can I just get one second to plug a 542-point draft score? We didn't quite give it out. Oh, I, I know, I know. You go, go it's ahead. It's not enough recognition, really. Like, Mikey <laughs> Gill absolutely slayed last week. If you followed the MMA oh, for Money God. DraftKings lineup, Mikey Drill Gills straight kills. Like I said, you guys got to follow our boy. He is getting hotter and hotter each and every week, consistently throwing over 400 <laughs> points a week, seems like. And uh, guys got to follow because let's go. And just one last thing on it, and then we'll move right on. The leech does not suck. Let's go. Uh, all right. Anyway, that's a, that's a little callback if you were, if you were watching last week. He, he don't suck. He's amazing. We love you, leech. You're welcome on anytime, bro. All right. We're going to start off with Amir Al-Bazi. 13-1, five knockouts, seven subs, $7,900 on DraftKings. Only one career loss to Shorty Torres. Real, like, go-for-the-kill style fighter. Gets in close, wing shots. Kind of reckless on the feet, but he does use that to get in close where he can take you down and use his BJJ, which is really where he likes to go to work. Uh, my problem with him is that when he's on his way in, you can see it in a couple of his fights, he leaves himself wide open and he can get cracked. Going up against Zalgas Zumagulov, 13-4, six knockouts, one sub, 8,300 on DraftKings. Uh, likewise, likes to use his ground game, good with his takedown, likes to control you on the ground. He's never been submitted, uh, but like I just mentioned, I think where these two separate is on the feet. Uh, Zalgas, much more uh, patient in exchanges, doesn't like to hang out with... Uh, Wait, that big shot. You can see him as Tyson Nan. He gets out of there quick, avoids any danger. Uh, he's been in there for sure with the better competition. They both have solid ground games, but I don't think that's where it's going to matter. I think this fight's going to be decided mostly on the feet. And for me, that Zuma Gulov, 8,300. I don't really like him as a high scorer on DraftKings, but for me, Zuma Gulov, let's go. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of going to say the same thing. Uh, Zuma Gulov, uh, you know, he's just... He's just a little bit better to me all around in each area. And uh, Albazi, as much as I, I, I'd like to say he's a little bit more athletic and uh, obviously younger, um, he does leave himself open to be struck. And I don't like uh, betting on a fighter like that. But So I'm just going to pick uh, Zuma Gulov to win. I don't know, I'm not probably going to throw out too much here. Uh, I liked Amir. Um, actually, had picked him against um, Jose Shorty Torres when he fought him. A few few years back, I was kind of surprised by the loss, and I guess I've been soured uh, ever since then. Um, I don't know. I mean, Zumulov has some solid names on there. I mean, one of one of which we're going to talk about. Never mind. We're not going to talk about this card. I got all the fight cards mixed up. Tyson Nam, who's who's fighting at some point over the next several days, but and a couple <laughs> other uh, major ones in there, who, including one time uh, flyweight contender Ali Bagatinov. I mean, it was a split, but um, so pick Zumulov. Like I said, I need a couple 
fights in the UFC before I'm willing to lay money on anybody. Um, I like to see how you are against the UFC level of competition. So this one would be an entire pass for me uh, in terms of betting, but for a pick, I'll go Zuma Gulov. Now, next up, we have, I mean, like a superstar of the division. I'm straight, like, like I mean, absolutely superstar. I mean, at least in like the circuses, because he's a carny. Nick Lentz plus... 345 versus Mavzar Eliev minus 450. Real Mike, thoughts on the Carney versus just like the younger, better version of him? Yeah, ah, man. <laughs> uh, as Evliov, man, his jujitsu is super sharp. Uh, he's young. He's got more athletic to me, has obviously more gas tank. A- absolutely everything except for experience factor in this scenario. Uh, it's something I really don't uh, like to pick against. I always pick the OG versus the kind of newcomer, but this is one of those times I am not jumping on that OG train. Uh, I think Evliov is better. He's going to be able to submit Lentz on the feet uh, pretty easily and then just dominate him. Uh, it's sad to say, but Nick Lentz is just on his way out. It's just too bad. I Yeah, just going straight off that. Nick Lentz, 31-11-2, and uh, two, going off for 6,800 on DraftKings. Evliov going off for 9,400 on DraftKings. Uh, we just talked about... Uh, in the last fight for Nick Lentz where he was going to be going up against Mike Grundy and how he was going to need to be able to out-wrestle him to have any type of success in that fight. Mavzar Evelev fought uh, Mike Grundy, who's a better wrestler than Nick Lentz. He didn't really have much of a problem with that. Uh, right now, Evelov, uh, 3-0 in the UFC, three wins by decision, very hard to take down. Standing, he can do what he wants to him. Uh, on the ground, I don't think he's going to be in any kind of trouble either. Nick Lentz, if he can't use that, it's, it, it's a lot of like what we talked about last week. If he can't use his game plan to win, then he's kind of in a lot of trouble here. And for Evloev, I just think right now he's the more complete fighter, more complete striker. You know, Lentz has that wrestle boxer approach. For me, very easy pick. We don't need to get too crazy. He's 9,400 on DraftKings. Should be a good play. Should be worth his money. I was just double checking on something. Um, yeah, well, Nick Lentz is coming off a – he opened it up in, about it in an article, but a near loss of his eye. So there's that um, yes. on top of the fact that obviously longtime lightweight, dipped down uh, to featherweight, had a lot of success there before he hit some major stops and has kind of jumped back and forth a little bit now. But now down here at featherweight, fingers crossed he can make weight. Um, I don't know, man. He's aged. He is very. Sorry, I've been. I was a fan of. I don't. Again, I'm trying not to get too disparaging of fighters because we found that. Yeah, thank you again, Ryan Richardson, for the stay safe award. Really appreciate that. It's it's frustrating because I like every time we're too disparaging on a fighter, they seem to like pull something off. I mean, that might be some of the reason that Roxanne Matafari is on, like, just killing it because, you know, Mikey Gills goes against her, we're fours. It's like, it, it all depends how bad she gets her. Sorry, I had to do that little dick. Although this is going to blow up in my face if she loses, but she's going to win, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, by the time you're able to watch this, that fight has probably already happened. So, um, Nick Lentz, his striking has never really come up to snuff. It, uh, he really wild punches, has a little bit of power, but nothing crazy, and... Striking has always been wanting. Wrestling has been his go-to, and only when that's only when that's his better spot. Like when he is the superior wrestler, he's not in this fight. So he's like he, he has no path to victory, in my opinion. I mean, do I think minus four fifty on Evlov is a little bit steep? Yeah, yeah, I do. I would not put him in a parlay or anything like that. But, but 
it should be a clean, methodical decision by Evelyn. I don't necessarily think he's going to get the finish, but I think it's going to be very, very clear at the end of this fight. So, sorry. This, this one's not going to be a banger. This is not going to be exciting. Now, we're going to move to one that I think is going to be exciting, and I actually think it's going to be a finish in that one. Next up, we have Andrew Sanchez. He's plus 120 versus Mahmoud Muradov, minus 140. Mikey Gills, Sanchez Muradov. All right, let's uh, start off with Andrew Sanchez. 12 and 5, 7 knockouts, 2 subs, going for 7,600 on DraftKings. Before I get to any of the breakdowns, look, he, I understand Andrew Sanchez always looks a little bit disheveled, but this week I saw some interviews. He's looking even a little bit more homeless than usual. Like the beard <laughs> is getting a little out of control. Pre-fight, if I was being nice, I might say it's Rocky Four, but the honest part of me wants to say it's Evan Tanner. Anyway, just throwing that Ooh. out there. Uh, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably a little too far, I'm sorry. But, uh, at, for, only if you get that reference, though. So. That's fine. Yeah, then, then you got to get like Chael Sonnen saying something mean about you after you're gone. It's it's not – don't look that up. It's awful. Anyway, get, get into him. Uh, not the most active fighter. He's only 3-1 since 2017 with that loss coming to Marvin Vittori. Uh, stylistically, really solid wrestling. That's his bread and butter. Hands aren't bad, though, either. Uh, one thing you see with Sanchez, too, is that he believes in his wrestling enough that when he's throw, going up against any kind of other good grappler, he believes in his wrestling enough to go ahead and throw kicks. Doesn't fear the takedown at all. He's good at scrambling, getting up, getting away from any trouble. Um, the big problem with Sanchez, he's kind of notorious for it. His gas tank is in the end of a fight, third round. You never quite know what you're going to get from this guy. He has faded off fast and lost fights just because of that. Going up against Mahmoud Muradov, 24-6, and six, 16 knockouts, three subs, going for 8,600 on DraftKings. Fights for the money team, which is a little ironic that we're on a Conor McGregor undercard. Just, I like that. I like that. It's poetic. It's actually a good thing for him. It's on an absolute tear right now. 13 straight wins, 10 by stoppage. Stylistically, he's just solid as hell on the feet. He's fast, aggressive, has a lot of power, and he has four straight canceled bout coming into this, so you know he's chomping at the bit to get back in there. I really like Muradoff in this fight, and for 8,600, I love him as a DraftKings play. We don't have him on our card at the moment, but I've been going back and forth on that. I might change it before the fight. This I might change it before the end of this show. Murdoff, let's go. Yeah, I, I like Murdoff a lot here. Um, I, I, Andrew Sanchez, uh, I don't know if it's also a little bit of dislike for Andrew Sanchez because he's just, he's really just kind of one of those guys that's just there, you know? Um, he's not really good at, at one thing. He's just kind of just whatever at everything. Um, Murdoff is uh, going to have way better striking to me. Uh, I think his, his gas tank is better. I think that the team Money Mayweather put him in this position because they believe that uh, he could finish Sanchez. Uh, I, so I'm going to go with Murdoff here uh, by devastation. Yeah, I mean, this I, this seems like almost like – I would say it looks like a setup fight, but it's more obviously with all the cancellations, you're just trying to get the guy in there because it's like – I want to read to you these cancel bouts because there's there has been four of them. My gills read it. I want to read them to you because this is the level that the UFC sees him at. Okay, so the first cancel bout was Antonio Carlos Jr., who, who we'll cover later on the card. But that, that's a pretty solid fighter with a lot of experience. Next up, cancel bout Carl Robertson, who at the time a little bit in a skid, but you know what, still a name. Next, Christoph Jocko. Next, Kevin Holland. It's like you look at these names; they have high hopes for this guy whether it be because they want to make uh floyd mayweather happy or not but this guy has some serious power i, I love what i see from him on the feet and <laughs> sorry i'm still laughing at the show dis disheveled nature and the homelessness <laughs> look of andrew because i could just picture him it's like yeah. it, it, at least on one side it may or may not look like bum fights it's, it's a just, little out of control right now it's yeah, just yeah. like if a bum fight ended up fighting a like killing machine who like happened to be a bodyguard for a ridiculously famous person and may or may not have knocked out a bunch of bums in the past. But so this, this well, might be right, right on cue. 
Let's go deep cut on that and see if he comes in the cage with the tattoo across the forehead. If you get it, you get it. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I do. I think Andrew Sanchez is going to get like his clock cleaned. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be able to get any type of wrestling or anything going in this fight. I, I do think he's just going to get laid out. Um, trying to think how early on. I'm going to go with round three because he seems to like getting finished in round three. So I'm going to go with that. So give uh, give me Murda there in round three, which I'm not betting that as of right now, but I'll give you the odds on that uh, as quickly as I could find them. And I would like to apologize. Sorry, Vince. I was going to respond about when the actual weigh-ins are. I know you asked that earlier in the chat. I was looking throughout this time. I can't find an exact weigh-in time. Every time I type weigh-ins, they just start giving me the odd breakdown that doesn't have anything filled in yet because it's all about what the guys are going to do when the guys are going to do it. But uh, for what I said before, Muradov wins in round three plus 1050. So if you're feeling super squirrely, you can throw a little bit on that. Although that obviously that is a, a ridiculous prop. But if you hit it, man, you, you're the king for a night. It more than makes up for a lot of other stuff. Okay. <laughs> the next one I'm very, a little confused about, and I want you guys to help me break this down before before I give my point. Um it's Khalil Roundtree. He's minus 335 versus Marcin uh, Prochneo plus 275. And I'm having issue because I know that uh, Khalil Roundtree has said that he wants to retire and this is like his retirement fight and it's been pushed yeah. a little bit. So I'm not sure if this is a – because I was I looked into Marcin Prochneo a little bit. I'm like, are they trying to give you a win on the way out? Because very rarely does that work. And it seems like they're really trying to make it work, but – just by them trying, it almost feels like it's not going to. But I, here, maybe you guys help me figure this one out. So, so real Mike, uh, Roundtree versus Prashino. Yeah, this is a, a weird one. I mean, I, I don't like the price tag on uh, Roundtree. That's for sure, especially on a retirement fight. I don't even like betting anyone that says they're retiring. I usually uh, bet against them when they get to that type of talk. So uh, this one is dog or pass for me. I, I still think that uh, Roundtree should win, and he's the better athlete and has more experience. But I, I just – Prochneo, if he comes in there determined and Roundtree comes in there uh, not all there, uh, there could be some serious anxiety and uh, deer and headlight type moments, and that could really cost you in the UFC. So I would go dog or pass here. But my if, uh, if we had to do a DraftKings like uh, Mikey's going to do, I'd say Roundtree is the better pick, but I wouldn't put him in my lineup. Yeah, uh, just getting off to the uh, the retirement angle on it. Uh, th he's 30 years old. He's not retiring. This is mixed martial arts. What are you talking about? He's going to be 42. Like, yeah, next fight. Next fight, I'm gone. But uh, as far as this fight goes, I mean, I, I just wanted to throw one thing out only because Real Mike's on the show. He does have a loss to Johnny Walker, the true GOAT. So just one <laughs> throwing that out there. Real recognize real. Just all I'm saying. But, um, you know, with this fight... I, Khalil Roundtree, he loses to like a specific type of fighter, like a super aggressive haymaker spamming guy, like a, a Johnny Walker, Iwan Kutalaba. Marcin Protnio is not one of those. He is a guy who should not be in the UFC. He's not a good fighter. If this is uh, Khalil's retirement fight, like he's actually leaving, then he does know where the bodies are. And he's like, Dana, I want to win on the way out. And they're like, all right, cool. We're going to give you this guy. Khalil's not into doing the wrestling thing. He's not trying to like go out looking at the lights. I kind of respect that. For DraftKings purposes, though, all about Khalil. I forgot to write down the fit, the actual price. Give me one second because I have it somewhere. Uh, Don't worry. I believe in you. I'm filling in the gap. Filling not, the gap. No not, silence. No got, awkward silence. I got it. See, I, I have a new computer. I can scroll now. So $9,300 for like Khalil. The 21st century here. Dude, it's so good. I can open up tabs. You have no idea how much I've been missing this for the last five months. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan Richards, for him being able to get a laptop. We love you. 
Well, yeah. Also, thank you, Max Holloway, because he helped pay for it. But um, <laughs> no, Khalil Roundtree all day in this fight. No questions asked. He's going to win. Do you want to know how much Marcin Procneo likes to lose in the first round? How he, much? Really, he really likes to lose in the first round. His his UFC career is losing in the first round. And does he get so, so, does he get so, so tired? Well, dude, his is different. It's like the Magomed and Goliath one, I totally get because that dude is, he's going to be problems at light heavyweight for a long time. But a first round loss to Sam Alvey in 2018, and then a first round loss to Mike Rodriguez. Like, I'm sorry, if Mike Rodriguez is finishing you from elbows and punches in the first round, Khalil Roundtree is going to just absolutely smoke you. Khalil Roundtree has some serious power. He can throw straight punches. He can throw haze, but he can throw straight punches. And yeah, I just think that this is why I thought it was set up fight. Because I'm just like, oh yeah, you got Marcin Prognell. He's going to straight run forward. He's going to throw haymakers in like a very bad way. <laughs> like bad way versus good way. Um, At least setting it up somewhat. He's not going to do that. He's going to run forward with his chin up in the air and he's going to get his clock cleaned. So, I mean, Roundtree should win. And this is how much people think he's going to win round one. Roundtree wins round one is only plus 100. That's like the most likely way he's going to win, which is yeah. just utterly ridiculous. <laughs> I just, I, I, by TKO is minus one. I'm sorry. I can't even, these odds are utterly ridiculous. So I, I was trying to find a way to like justify anything here, but I guess it's just brown cheese, just going to straight kill this kid. Yes. Although I, I should, I should check. I always say kid, but most of the times these people are my age or older than me. Let's see. I'm a well, little bit older than you, so I could say kid. <laughs> Boom. Do, do you need me to fill in now? Because I do have one thing I wanted to say, which was that before and after the UFC, Procneo physically looks different. Draw your own conclusions. I hope that killed enough time. That's that's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm still waiting for – God, I can't remember his name. There was that one guy that was going to make his uh, debut in the UFC, and we I had no idea how he was going to do it because every picture looked like he was – how do I put this? Dripping – synthetic testosterone like he would sweat it out like if you hugged him you'd get a six-pack and he hasn't fought yet so (laughs) you got to respect that absolutely (laughs) um although he was eastern european i'm gonna have to look it up later so i don't want to waste too much time going over (laughs) that although in some ways that might be more interesting than the next fight but sorry two people that you thought had championship aspirations like one of which you're like man she might dethrone a champion the other one like hey she's got the come up and both of them not so much so sarah mcmahon minus 135 versus juliana pena plus 115 mikey gills tell me about this i'm so excited you can hear it in my voice right now it's it's Uh, riveting it's riveting (laughs) Now, the start of uh, Sarah McMahon, 12 and 5, two knockouts, four subs, 8,200 on DraftKings. Uh, coming off of a win, but has lost two of her last three. She is 40 years old, worth noting that. She just had a kid last January. And at her age and all that, that's definitely something you want to take a look at. But if you follow her on social media, she seems to have taken the second kid in her life to become an Instagram mom goal type person to show you, like, she's the new George <laughs> Foreman. Like, 40 is not a death sentence. Like, she's all over the place with that. So she seems very motivated right now. Stylistically, look, striking, not very good. Wrestling, very, very good. Going up against Juliana Pena, nine and four, three knockouts, five subs, 8,000 on DraftKings. I, we all know what Juliana Pena wants to do in this fight. She's also a grappler, just not to the extent that McMahon is. Supposedly a Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist who gets submitted by Dutch strikers. But, you know, anyway, above all else, I think this fight's going to be ugly. Uh, 
neither one really blows you away with their striking. Striking. They both have a similar path to victory, but when it comes down to the wrestling, I just see Juliana Pena getting pushed up against Cage, taken down. Strength when you watch her fight, not exactly fighting off of her back. She likes to be like on top, offensively grappling, things like that. I just think if McMahon gets one takedown, she's going to win the round. If she gets two, she's going to win the fight. If she gets three, she's going to dominate. Uh, as far as DraftKings goes, 8,200, there are worse plays. I think she's going to win. I think she'll be worth it. But for me, it's kind of a stay away. Women's MMA tend to be decisions. Yeah, on this one, uh, this this is kind of clear and cut to me. Uh, Sarah McMahon's going to win, and she's going to win quite easily. Her wrestling is so much more dominant than Julieta Pena. It's gonna, not even going to be funny. It's gonna, it's literally going to be like uh, just a, a a pro wrestler taking me down with my little chicken legs. It, it's going to be that easy for her because Julieta Pena is supposedly that's what she likes to do is uh, wrestle and use her jiu-jitsu. She got submitted by GDR. Uh, that says enough right there. Uh, I tell you, I know Sarah McMahon is tough enough to rip her down on the ground and submit her. So I really believe that Sarah McMahon finishes her and finishes her quite easily. I think she is a perfect uh, a piece for a, a lineup because she she is going to finish Juliana Pena on the ground. She has that strength. Yeah. The hardest thing for me in this fight, full disclosure, these awesome highlights that our amazing producer T puts up there, I, I, I find most of them. And you have no idea how long it took me to find highlights, good highlights, of these two women. I mean, you know. <laughs> no, like, look, look, Juliana Pena is in her tough outfit when she was on Tough, which was like seven years ago. Do you have the gym footage where she was attacked by a teammate? I do not. I, I probably could have gotten that one. I'm trying to make them look good, okay, so they can see like their offensive skills. But even then, like, she's on top for however long. She still can't get a finish. She's in full mount, and this has been like a minute and a half. She still can't get a finish. She, um, McMahon was supposed to be like – it doesn't make sense because of who she was fighting, but like she was supposed to be the great white hype against Ronda Rousey. Like she, she was supposed to go in there. She was supposed to take her down. So finally, someone just as good on the ground. While she had a silver medal. Ronda only had a bronze. Like she, she could take her down, even though it's a different sport. And then she just got destroyed. She has these mental lapses, which I can never trust her as a giant favorite. Ah, this is great because she's only a moderate favorite here. So there's not a huge risk. Like I would never trust her as an over 200 favorite against anybody because she can be utterly dominating. And then there could be a hiccup. Granted. Juliana Pena is or Pena is the same fighter. She could be utterly dominant on the feet, choose to take you down and lose. Look great in the first round or do okay. And then like get out grappled by GDR, who was not a grappler, and get submitted by her, even though that's supposed to be your bread and butter. So yeah. if anything, I can trust McMahon here because as much as she has lapses and I'm not overly confident in her on the whole, I'm more confident in her than Juliana Pena ever. So I'm going to go with, I'm sorry, I'm still laughing when Juliana Pena, this is going to be a little bit of a stitch back, kind of when she tore her ACL and then Dana White went on this tirade to protect her from like a horrible teammate that did everything yeah. wrong and like was going to get, sorry, it's a little bit of a segue. Going well, back I, to, I like, remember when he did leg, that. Chicken leg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's why it was like this huge thing. There was like a person, like she came and like basically cried on his shoulder and he's like, I'm going to cut all of them. I don't even care. And I mean, now one of them's going to headline a show that's coming up this Wednesday or this past Wednesday, depending when you were listening to this. Well, I remember I remember when uh, Dana White came out and he was talking about that. I forget what he did. It was an interview with somebody, but he talked about mm -hmm. it like it was the Kennedy assassination. 
Oh, it was, like, it was ridiculous. I'm like, you clearly <laughs> had favoritism here. Yeah. Like it wasn't even like remotely similar. I want to quickly take a quick pause because of our magical word. If you don't know what the magical word is, Santiago Ponsonibio. We're at we're at 285 live viewers. So thank you for that. Nice. We're going to try to break 400 in the show. We typically hit it. So let's do that for sure. For sure. But I kind of regret where to get to that point, right? Yeah. So again, Santiago Ponzinibbio. <laughs> <laughs> so pick Sarah McMahon. I'm more confident in it than I would be in with her facing just about anyone because someone who has just as many mental lapses, if not more so, is Juliana Pena. <laughs> Next up, we actually. This is, I'm actually pretty excited about this fight. It's going to be a very entertaining fight and solid chance for a finish, depending which way it goes. Sorry for the um, sealed belches, but I don't even really drink beer during the show. That carbonation's coming back up on me. <laughs> Brad Tavares minus one forty-five against Antonio and yeah, Antonio Carlos Jr. If you don't know what that means, it's shoe face. He's plus one twenty-five. Real Mike, your Island Man Tavares versus one of your jujitsu fans. Shoe face. Yeah, uh, on this one, I, I like Brad Tavares here. I was close to bet, uh, picking him as a bet for the show. I think he's got way too much experience uh, in the octagon. His striking is way too far superior for Antonio Carlos Jr. Uh, he's been in there with some of the best fighters uh, in the UFC. And I just think that that experience uh, is just way too much for Antonio Carlos Jr., a guy that likes to have mental lapses and lose to 40, 50-year-old Dan Kelly's. Um, and and of the like. So I, I really don't think that Antonio Carlos Jr., as much as I love his jiu-jitsu, I, I don't think he has it for a guy like Brad Tavares. I think his takedown defense is is he's had enough experience in that realm, and his jiu-jitsu is just as good to just defend at, at least the attempts in the first round to uh, make Antonio Carlos Jr. tired, and then Brad Tavares uh, come in stronger in the second or the third round, if not uh, finish Antonio Carlos Jr. Poor Dan Kelly, just yeah, 40, 50 year old Dan Kelly. That's like what he's known for, is just being old. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so hey, I, I actually I actually bet him versus Antonio Carlos Jr. and cashed that plus three twenty-five yeah. or whatever it was. So I, I thank you very much, Dan Kelly. Yeah, his age is his camouflage. He just hides out in the weeds, just pops out at you. You don't see him coming. But anyways, so start off with uh, Brad Savaris here. 17 and 6, six knockouts, two subs, going for 8,700 on DraftKings. Uh, going into this fight, I really like his striking advantage that he's going to have. I also like that he's only ever been submitted once in his entire career. It was over a decade ago on a reality TV show. Going up against Antonio Carlos Jr., 10 and 4, two knockouts, nine subs, 7,500 on DraftKings. On a two-fight losing streak, but that doesn't make his ground game any less dangerous. This guy can can, can submit anyone that he gets uh, his positions on. Uh, like I said, I, not, I like, not anyone, but well, close to anyone. That I'm being a little facetious. Uh, help me sell him, man. Anyway, I don't. It's it's hyper, I don't like him. He was a really good jiu-jitsu guy that I. I but I, he's good, but it's not. He's not warranted. Uh, this, this is all because I I got back got you back on Dan Kelly. I get it. I'm not mad. But uh, no, it was the Johnny Walker statement. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely the Johnny Walker statement. But uh no, I like Brad I like Brad Savaris. You know, he showed when he fought Talos Latest that like even the best grapplers can't really control him or keep him down in, in constant danger. And that's what Carlos Jr. is gonna be able to do to win this. Tavares is definitely the better striker of the two. He's got the better gas tank. Uh, I won't say he hung in there successfully with Izzy, but he didn't get knocked out when he fought him, and he's one of the best uh, in the whole sport. Like I said, he was in there at Talos latest and couldn't get submitted on the ground. So you figure those things into it. It's really hard for me to pick Shoeface into this fight. With that being said, though, Antonio Carlos, he is a specialist. He does have a path to victory, and something that dangerous, his ground game, I, it does pull me away from picking Tavares on DraftKings. 
Uh, Carlos Jr. could be a decent dog play for you on DraftKings at 7,500. You could do a lot worse on this card. Just quick pause. People think I joke about the Santiago Ponzinibbio business. I say it once. We jump by 60 people. Yes. That's how that, that's how that stuff works. It's he, so. Something about the Argentinian. Apparently, even when he gets knocked out by the leech, people still like it's a boost. They need well, to he, find like more of these secret names. It's like a code word. That knockout made him uh, bigger in a certain market, you know, that that Lee might might be a part of. So, you know, more viewers flocking now. <laughs> well, well, there you go. Uh, with my two cents here on Brad Tavares versus Shoe Face. Um, I agree. Brad Tavares has a very particular guy that he loses to. It's someone, well, first of all, someone who's better than him on the feet. That was the situation. And there's someone who will blitz forward, not give him time to settle in and throw with some serious heat and some serious power. That's who beats him. I don't think that's Antonio Carlos Jr. Um, Antonio Carlos Jr.'s gas tank has always been a little suspect too, and I like Brad Tavares for that. Obviously, there's a path to victory there. That's why like, I wouldn't necessarily be 100% for this being a bet um, at the minus 135. If he was a dog, for sure. Like If these odds were flipped, plus 115, I might I might sprinkle a little bit of Brad Tavares because I think he's rightfully the favorite, but there is that path to victory uh, for Shoeface, like Mike Gill said. So and it's a pick. It's a Brad Tavares. No bet uh, for me, even outside, because uh, – for anyone watching for the first time, because we realize that each time, see, he jumped up by three more, just Santiago Ponzinibbio. Um, <laughs> if you don't know, we've said it on the show before, if you're listening for the first time, we post additional bets sometimes on Twitter. And sometimes that'll save you, because we lost on our only bet since one got canceled. So we only had uh, a bet on Todorovic last week. That didn't cash. But on my Twitter, I also bet that I'm Max Holloway. Didn't give it on the show, because we have a thing about main events. And it typically helps if we don't. I was going to put, I wanted to pull that, that rule last week. Didn't I, I, I know, but see, I, the thing is, every time we pull I, the rule, it falls through. Oh, motherfucker. Last time we pulled, the, fucking, last time we last pulled the rule was again, was <laughs> Korean zombie getting destroyed by Ortega. Last, last week, <laughs> I would have bet my house, my firstborn child, everything that I ever loved for the fact that Maxi Baby was going to absolutely dominate Qatar in the way that he did. If you go back to last week, in the week before, whenever I, whenever I recorded it, I went out on a limb. I said some things that most guys uh, that are straight don't usually say. And I backed my boy Maxi in a way that nobody does. And I'm going to tell you, he we showed cut that little and section and have it on outtakes at some point. That's going to be used against me in the court a lot one day, but we'll see. But uh, it's uh, it's an amazing thing, you know, when you have that much faith in them. But I wish I pulled that rule that we have. We don't bet main events lately because we were having a bad result. We don't want bad results, so we always want to give you the best outlook. But last week was tough. But if you did listen to us, a lot of people bet Max just I'm going to jump in because I think we froze for a second. Yeah. So, uh, Real Mike, if you're hearing me right now, just pause. I'm going to finish what I'm saying and we'll try to circle back to you because I think we got some freezing going on. We may have lost you. If you don't know, he has been dealing with some ridiculous weather out there in California. He just got power like five minutes before we started recording the show. And maybe he just lost power again now. We don't know. But here's hoping he'll hop back in at some point. So I will give my bit. And then we may go a little bit out of order only. We'll start with Mikey Gills and kind of stick with that point to see if Real Mike's going to hop back in. If not, we're going to keep powering through, obviously, because you guys still have power. Obviously, you're still watching us. Well over 300 of you people are watching us right now, which I really, really appreciate. Again, if you have any questions that we can't answer, I'm, again, I'm sorry, Vince, for not being able to know the exact way in time. But anybody have any questions, feel free to throw them in the chat, and we'll answer as many of those as we can. So I was giving my sense on Tavares versus uh, Shoeface. Again, going with Tavares. 
the odds are kind of scaring me away a little bit. You don't want to force anything. Uh, my point was that sometimes we give out additional bets on Twitter. That's when we went down the max rabbit hole. I'll try not to go down there because I know that we'll be there for quite a while because just the sheer love for max, basically. Next up. So Mikey Gills, after I go through these odds, it was your turn anyway. I'll go to you. It was your turn. I, I, I have a little notation. This was your, actually your turn. It's the kind of a great transition the way it worked that way. And then we'll hop back to me. And then whenever Mike hops back in, we'll do a little bit of backlog of fight breakdowns if we need to. Uh, well, I'm just going to do a Johnny Walker breakdown while he's gone anyway. <laughs> That's fine. And then here's hoping uh, he'll get back in time for his bet. If not, I will give his bet and break down on his angle from what I understand from when me and him were talking pre-show. You're stalling so, his top notch. Just let me throw I that know, up. I have, see, like, that's the thing. I don't think about This is just straight. Your cadence slowed down and everything. It's like I'm everything. Not, I'm, just... I'm doing my best and <laughs> I would do a slow jam. I mean, I could reread my intro or <laughs> I, I can slow jam this whole breakdown if you want. Dude, I'm, I'm, okay. Really the only thing I'm upset with is like we asked you like I think it was, I'm not sure it was the last pay-per-view or whatever or the review show where we you're like, hey man, maybe you should write a rap for it. And you never did. And I so, was like, oh, you don't I, have to do one now. You don't have to do one now. I'm just <laughs> saying it's like for all of you listening in here, only one person on this show was paid and was a traveling rapper. Yeah. And I'll so tell you what, it wasn't me. Here's the <laughs> thing about that sentence though. I was a paid rapper. I was a professional. I had tax returns. So, you know, like look. Anything like the Joker said, you know, anything that you do good, don't do it for free. So, you know, just throwing that out there. No, one day I promise there will be a rap here, but it's not going to be this. There's also another problem is there's a guy who does fight breakdowns who is specifically just does rap. I don't want to like step on his shoes because then we have to start a whole battle war. No, no, for my thing for it, and again, I guess guess we're still stalling, but this is just me having push. Hey, perfect timing is for you to do a rap that could be either like our added to our intro or added to our outro you know oh, what I, I mean got, oh yeah i can do that no but that's more what i mean i don't yeah. need to wrap your breakdown that's my that, boss that's your is. favorite garbage man go get the picks <laughs> man that's garbage fam uh mike gilman all about johnny walker not real mike he's just a talker when johnny gets in the cage he starts swinging knockouts and death blows he gonna be bringing uh all right yeah i'll go all day let's go see we just <laughs> hopped up 15 more people like when you're rapping it's good to know <laughs> So it looks like uh, Mike is trying to hop back in, but we'll move on to the next one because obviously Mike's <laughs> going first, then I'll give mine. We will move on. I'm sorry. Um, everyone listening, not live, is like, what is happening right now? But it's fine. We'll move on. So Armin <laughs> Seriukin is minus 255 versus Nazrat Hapgrast or other Kelvin Gastelum, who's plus 210. Mikey Gills, Seriukin versus not Kelvin Gastelum. I really respect how you said it almost like Mortal Kombat. You're like, Sarukin! But anyway. Just, <laughs> That's how uh, I learned it. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. We'll start off with them. Armin Sarukin, 15-2, and two, five knockouts, five subs, 8,900 on DraftKings. Uh, just Armenian names. I was I, The reason I noticed is I was a big System of a Down fan growing up, so I had to learn all Makes of sense. them. Yeah. Makes sense. Anyway, he's 2-1 and one since entering the UFC. He's won his last two straight. Don't really put too much into his loss against Islam Makachev. It was his UFC debut, and he actually looked pretty good in that loss. It's kind of like if you go up against The Undertaker at WrestleMania before he, uh, he broke the streak, you can have great matches, still lose. You come out looking better than when you went in. Stylistically, really solid stand-up. I'm sorry, really solid wrestling, solid def- solid submission defense. Stand-up's coming along, but in this fight, I don't think he's going to want to hang out with uh, Nasrat on the feet. Like, Nasrat, he's not Davi Ramos. He's not going to get away with a lot of that stuff sloppy stuff that he was doing in his last fight. Uh, speaking of Nasrat, uh, Nasrat ha- hack rep- 
I'm not as good at this name as I am the Armenians. Hack Perez, 12 and three, nine knockouts, 7,300 on DraftKings. Won two of his last three, coming off that win against Alex Munoz back in August. More of a straightforward stand-up fighter. Relies on his boxing, just good, fast hand, pressures you, tries to outwork you. For this fight, though, specifically, that strategy of pressure coming forward could get him in trouble. Like, this is going to be one of those who can get this fight where they need to get it type of fights. Mm. And I... I just think uh, Sarukin is going to get that takedown at some point. That's where I see this fight coming. $8,900, obviously, the odds makers and the guys at DraftKings think it too. So as far as specifically for DraftKings, he has not been the highest scorer so far. So for 89 especially on this card with the people that are above and below him, I don't exactly recommend him for DraftKings. But I do think if you're looking for a, a kind of a short thing, he's safer than some of the top plays. I just want to make a connection here mainly because this is going to be, I know it's going to be an underdog bet when I make this bet eventually. So this here's my connection to stitch things going forward. So Armand Sarayukin, as you said, like all those positive things about him, I do like his striking. I like, um, he's been actually been very impressed with him. I like his wrestling style. I think that was on full display when he beat uh, Ohm, Oban mm-hmm. Mercier. Um, and like you said, the first fight going against Islam Makashev, it's, it's a late, late replacement versus a very, very good opponent. My link is, okay, so now he's facing Nazrat Haprast, who as of right now, has, has lost only once in the UFC. Is that Marcin Heldman? But either way, his most recent loss in the UFC against, was against Drew Dober. And Drew Dober and Islam Makhachev were about to fight. And I'm going to make a lot of money on Drew Dober. I'm just putting that out now. I know those are the long way. Of, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm all for that handsome Nebraskan. He is going to be your champ one day, and you are all okay. going to like it. Okay. It's going to be awesome. Sorry, I'm all on the Drew Dober train, especially when he fights. Just wait till that happens. It's going to get way weirder than it just did. I, well, I've heard <laughs> you bad anyway. mouth Midwest MMA before, so this is this is weird for me. I know, right? And normally that's where I am. And at the beginning when he was in the UFC, I wasn't super impressed because, like, I'm sorry, like, what was it, the Scott Holtzman fight? Where I think it was the Scott Holtzman fight where I thought Scott Holtzman was going to win. And because I was so down on Drew Dober after he lost to Efren Escudero, because I've never thought good things about Efren Escudero, like ever. Right. <laughs> um, so I was really down on him. And then he's just, he's finally like, he's hes won me back, man. He's just so handsome. He's just, <laughs> he's so handsome. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I'm, look, I'm looking at his picture right now. You're, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. Exactly. Especially if you look at his tapology photo, it's from Strike Force. It has the wings just, coming out just from behind him. His name. He has like some weird, I don't know if he was a model for a little bit. There's some poses in there that like whatever. If if you want anyone on here wants to Google yeah. that and see what's going on, or like the 15 people that just hopped on when I started talking about how handsome Drew Dober is, I agree. 15 additional people. I agree. He's very, very handsome. Well, he kind of looks like Luca Magnata if you've ever seen Don't Fuck with Cats. Like he kind of looks like that guy. Could be him. I, I don't know if that's a positive thing or a negative thing. Because was a model. It's good. About. There, this, this is a good thing. It's exactly. Sorry. Going back to the actual fight, because obviously. So um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very high on Armentier. You can. Um, I've, I, I do think that Hapgrass has a little bit of power. Uh, if he lands, he might um, send. So you can. Uh, whirling a little bit, but I do think he can be safe and get it to the ground before that point and control the majority of fight. He could, he could win a very, very safe decision here if he has to. So, I mean, I can't go against him. Like, I was going to pass the victory for Hapcrest, but I I think the strike is not going to have land with enough consistency to possibly put Sarayukin out. So, I mean, minus 260 is what he is at now. It's not what I quoted. The line changed a little bit. 
it's it's steep, but I don't know. I have I have no bet on this, but yeah, Sarah should win. If he was anywhere in like the minus one fifty, minus sixty, minus one sixty range, I'd be on that, but I I just can't do it now. I just, I can't can't do it. Next up, we have probably a future title contender is in this next one. So Reina Rodriguez is plus two fifty five against Amanda Rebus, who's minus three ten. Actually, I think that I think that update these forgot to re-update the odds for you people. So these are off a little bit. I apologize. Yeah, she's down to minus 290, so a little bit of action has come in there. On Marina Rodriguez, why, I don't know. Sorry, I kind of gave my hand a little bit earlier there. Mike Gills, Rodriguez versus Rebus, or Hebus. Uh, Gills. All right. Let's start off. I'll do it for you for both of them. Marina Rodriguez, uh, 12 1 Ooh. 2. You like that? But, uh, Roll that up. <laughs> I, I, had, I had to learn that when I was rapping. A lot of my stuff was based on it. But uh, you said you wanted to do it, now you come around to it. All right, here we go. Uh, 12, 1, and 2, 5 oh, knockouts. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can do Snow Informer right now, even though he's French-Canadian. Oh, my. Dude, you have, could you do that my birthday? I love Snow so much. I'll do the entire <laughs> song for you right now from memory. Just, uh, and, well, maybe later. After this fight. Between okay. this and Azatar vs. Frivola, I want okay. Informer. Let me say her DraftKings score, goddammit. All right, she's going off for 7,000 on DraftKings. Lost her last fight to Carla Sparza, was taken down repeatedly and just nullified on the ground. Before that, also having trouble on the ground. She uh, was going up against Cynthia Calvillo. Late in the fight, she was taken down to end up being a draw. Uh, stylistically, more of a striker. She you know, she wants to keep it on the feet, especially in this fight. Going up against Amanda uh, Ribas. Oh, damn it, I messed that Ah, fucked up. Anyway, so 10... <laughs> Ten and one informer. Nobody heard. Uh, three knockouts, four subs, ninety-two hundred on DraftKings. Uh, right away, just the UFC likes the girl. They trusted her enough to send her. Uh, to, they trusted her enough to send Paige Van Zant to bare knuckle boxing, Instagram, OnlyFans, whatever she wants to do. Uh, beyond that, she's undefeated so far in the UFC. I just think the story of this fight is how fast and how often Rebus can get this fight to the mat. Uh, on the feet. Maybe they're not worlds apart from each other, but on the mat, I do think they are separate. Uh, we've seen Rodriguez get worked on the ground. Like we were just talking about Esparza and Calvillo. Um, you know, Rebus is just, she's no joke on the mat, and she's aggressive when she's down there. She's going to go for that finish. Like, And I, another thing I was thinking of, you look at her placement on the card. This is the first fight on the main card, as long as nothing changes. So you have to feel like you mentioned earlier, maybe a future, future title contender. UFC seems to know what they're doing with this. They're putting her on a card on the beginning of the counter card where everyone can see her. I think it's a showcase fight. I could see a finish in this fight for knockout or sub. I think if she gets on top of her, starts pounding her, she can take her out that way or she can pull an arm. But yeah, uh, either way, uh, Rebus for the win. Yeah, I think it's hard not to pick... Uh... Hebus. I'm just going to go back to Rebus because I, I feel very fake trying to make it sound that way. So I'm going to go with uh, Rebus here. Uh, Mar Marina Rodriguez has made the show some money in the past. Um, she's the type of fighter that if she has a very clear striking advantage, because she likes to, she has, pre has pretty good straight punches, uh, which not many in the lower end of the division have. So if she has that advantage and the grappling is fairly equal, she's going to win every time. And there's been times where she's been the dog. In those situations in this one it, it's going to get to the ground it's going to get to the ground fast my main reason for thinking that rebus the, they're trying to set her up here is most um mma not journalists but the mma sites are just like advertising pieces for the ufc and there right. has been a string of new articles coming out this week talking about would you be willing to slide into a fight with the champion? Like just like, like just casually, like we're not trying to put that out into the ether or anything. And it, given certain ones that's happening with, especially when it's junky, because 
with the U.S. I'm not going to go down to all the intricacies there, but it's basically like the UFC being like, hey, you should probably write this article. Throw uh, some shade. Yeah. So I think Rebus should absolutely win here and get style points. I mean, obviously, it's a, a little bit iffy maybe at the beginning before she can get on those hips. But after the first round, for sure, it's like it's, it's all her. It's going to be a dominant decision, or I do think she could find a submission at some point. Uh, do you want me to hop into the next fight, or do you fully want to go Informer? Oh, uh, Informer, you know, say, Dadamest, no me, I go blame him. I lick your boom, boom down. The track the man say, say, Dadamest, no me, stab someone down the lane. I lick your boom, boom down. So listen for me, up at the listen for me now. Listen for me, up at the listen for me now. When I'm rocking the microphone, I'm rocking the idea. Yes, I don't know me that after I get on the microphone. And I say, Where did it come from? People then say, You come from Jamaica. But people then say, I, I can stop now. <laughs> See, the <laughs> most hilarious thing to that is. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. I listen to a lot of podcasts just in general. Yeah, we broke the 400 barrier. Four times. Yes. Everyone Snow it. did it. Snow brings the fans. It did this, man. Everyone's informed. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone thinks I'm crazy. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, obviously, I'm a garbage man. If you couldn't tell by the beginning intro, that's not just a shtick. I actually am have headphones in all day, and I listen to podcasts all day long. And I listen at two times speed, which everyone thinks is crazy. That is crazy. And well, how you just did that is about the speed that I listen. So that's one of the few <laughs> things I actually would not be able to listen to that at two times speed because it would literally sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks. So well, I, that was one part that I would actually have to listen to at regular speed or as my uh, my sis, my daughter likes to say, regional, which is my favorite way to say that. Regional? All right. So. <laughs> well, I actually did it faster than Snow does. So you could actually slow it down. And it becomes like when you slow down Alvin and the chipmunks, like you say, the old Pat Oswalt joke, where when you finally get to the guy who owns the chipmunks and it's slowed down, and he sounds like Satan going, Alvin! Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Sorry, I'm quick there. <laughs> Texting the real Mike, because obviously his power is officially out. Heard back nice. from him. He's going to, I mean, I would say he's going to try to get it back on, but I don't think he has anything to do with it. So if he hops <laughs> back on, he will hop in. He tried even to do uh, mobile and that stuff's not working. Yeah, Ryan Richardson, sorry, I just saw. For some reason, I was scrolled back in the chat. Now I'm there. Yeah, it was his power. It's It's gone. Mine even cut out for a split second. It wasn't my power. It was just my internet. But it came right back, which had me a little bit nervous. I'm like, otherwise, we're going to leave my gills all up to his lonesome. Um, it's whatever. I mean, at this point, I'll just do the entire 1990s hip-hop catalog. So. I'm pro for certain ones of that. That was That's a little bit before my hip-hop time, so I don't have all of it in memory, but I, there's some in there. So <laughs> next up, we're actually going to get to fights. I apologize. We're actually going to go back to fights. Yeah, we have, we have killed 15 straight minutes. That's okay, because you did Informer <laughs> by Snow, and I think if the 410 people that are watching currently or have been watching don't appreciate that, then I'm not sure they have souls. That's <laughs> that's just that's 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 science. I mean, I don't need to. I don't, I don't want to go Luke Thomas and all of you, but that that's science. Next up, Atman Azait. I can't see. I'm never sure if this one is Azatar or Azatar. I'm going to go with Azatar. Minus 150 against Matt Frivola, plus 130. Making gills. Since obviously you're the, the only one to kick it to, I'm kicking it to you right now. <laughs> well, no, Mike's not here. He should still have to go first. We're just going to sit silent for one minute in his honor. I think that's the important thing. That's I mean, he's, right. texting, he's texting me back for his breakdown, which I will give the bullet points of when we get to it. So nice. he is, he's doing some work. Appreciate right, well, it. All right, so we'll start off with Atman Azatar. 13-0, nine knockouts, three subs, 8,800 on DraftKings. Going up against Matt Favola, 8-1-1, one knockout, three subs, 7,400 on DraftKings. Uh, physically, very two very evenly matched guys, same age, similar height, reach, all that stuff. Uh, 
starting off right away, the pick is Azatar for this fight. I love his uh, striking advantage in this fight. He hits hard as hell. He's faster, more technical. If Frivola can't get this fight to the ground quickly and often, he is going to be in a tough spot against Azatar. Uh, you know, Azatar super aggressive, quick hands, lots of power, can hit you from anywhere. Frivola striking, it's more of like big shot approach as opposed to smart shot approach. Like he really needs to get this fight to the ground to have any success. For DraftKings purposes, 12 of Azatar's 13 wins have been by stoppage. He is exactly the type of guy you want to have in your lineup with the exactly the, the type of matchup that you want him to have. It's a guy that just can't mess with him on the feet. Don't need to get too crazy with this one. Azatar at 8,800, no brainer for me. I like him. Let's go. Thought I had a nice take on that one, but that's basically where I am uh, verbatim. Oh. I do, I do think Azatar is going to put uh, Frivola out. I have not been impressed by um, the Steamroller, which I will give it to him. That that is a fantastic nickname. Isn't the other guy the bulldozer? Did I see that right? Oh, uh, if, if I remember right, yeah. Let me see. Yeah, that's yeah, it is. That's what yeah. the bulldozer versus the Steamroller. Ooh, this is yeah. Someone well, needs to try. I wish I was better at art. I could really go for a graphic of this right about now. That would that would hit that would hit me right in the feels, right in those good feels. Well, if but, I would have saw if I would have saw this earlier, I would have uh, queued up some footage of uh, you ever seen that Netflix doc tread about the guy who destroyed his hometown with a bulldozer? Dude, it's worth it. Just assume if it's most any popular documentary thing that I haven't seen. Gotcha. Never mind. <laughs> I just I don't have a lot of show time. I have like a half hour ish, maybe a little bit more after my kids go to bed first when I go to bed. So like, there's not a lot of time in there. So um, no, I've been not, I've been not been like, I'm sorry. If you just, I think he should have, if he was good enough to beat uh, Azatar, I think he would have had a clear decision or a finish over Luis Pena. The fact that that was a split is ridiculous. So, dude, he lost to put. He got a draw to Venata, and he lost in the first round of Polo Reyes. Like this is the exact type of fight as with Polo Reyes. He's gonna get yeah. it flush, and he can go down. And Azatar has power. Dude is still undefeated, so he has that confidence of like I'm just no one can handle my power because he hasn't had to experience someone handling his power at least within the UFC. So. I do like he took out comma worthy, which I mean, he made his money in the past, but not in that fight. Although we didn't bet on him in that fight. But um, so I'm with Azdar here. I'm going to quick. Uh, I had meant to look up a few props for everybody. Obviously, we typically do not pay pro- play props, but uh, with him already at there, I wanted to see what him inside the distance was because if it's a big enough jump, it might actually be worth it. Him inside is plus 120. So not as big of a jump as I was hoping, but if you want plus money on a guy who I think is going to win and his more like most likely way of winning uh, is inside the distance, it's going to go with that one. Okay. Sorry. Since I don't have another person to kick it to, I, oh, have, yeah. um, I have to do some timestamps on the fly. So I'm just <laughs> ready to do a little something in three, two, one. Next up, we have Jessica. <laughs> it's not as smooth. I understand. Like if I ever did this solo, it definitely would not go so well. But Jessica, I is uh, currently a plus 100 underdog versus jo- Joanna Jojo. Dr. Neville, Bad Mofo Jojo, Calderwood. She's got a lot of nicknames at this point. Minus 120. And actually, I will take this off your hands at first because this is actually Mike's bet for this card. And I want—I okay. got his bullet point breakdown of this one. I only asked for bullet points because that way I don't <laughs> try to read through everything. But that's at the minus 120. So that would be 1.2 units to win you guys one. So let me get that out of the way now. And that's... 
He says, Jojo has better jujitsu and better striking. Agree with that. Uh, and she's longer. Sorry, that's my part of the breakdown. Sticking to his. Has more heart. And he despises I. Don't we all? Um, he thinks that she's trash. He thinks that she's trailer, <laughs> he thinks that she's trailer park UFC, which I've never thought of that phrase before, but I, I, I very much appreciate it. So I'll, I'll throw it to you, Mikey Gills, on your thoughts on uh, Jojo versus Jessica I. Yeah, I, I don't really have a whole lot. Jessica I, 7,800 on DraftKings. Jojo going for 84. Uh, Jessica I has lost two of her last three, and Jojo uh, also lost two of her last three. And th- I don't know. It's weird with Jojo. Like a lot of people like her for some reason. I don't get it. I, I, I don't see what was ever super special about her. So I never watched a Joanne Calderwood fight and been like, Oh, that girl's going to be champion. But for some reason, I, I, I think maybe it's because she's like Irish, Scottish, whatever she is. Like, I think it has something to do with that. But like, as far as this fight goes, like it's super close. I don't really have a strong lean either way. I've never been high on either one. Like Joanne Calderwood, from what I've seen, probably has a, a bigger striking arsenal. But again, I don't have a strong lean on this. I would say Joanne Calderwood, but don't listen to me on this one. So I ran out of breath at the end of that. That's, that's fine. I'm just you're just lucky that real Mike isn't here because he would utterly slam you because <laughs> most everyone involved with this show or this site are huge. Huge. Hoods isn't a word. Huge. <laughs> Jojo Calderwood fans. So you got to take it up with them then. You got to take it up with them. Uh, In this particular, I'm new here, so it's whatever. It's fine. Um, uh, In terms of the Twitter collective, I think the Twitter collective is all the guys that like the soft spokenness, the accent, things. And any girl that has like the side of their head shaved, that's usually an instant plus five points. Yeah. I was into riot girls in high school. (laughs) Like Riot Girl, like the uh, Good Charlotte song? Riot Girl, like Riot, G-R-R-R-R-L-Z, like Riot Girls. Okay, I got nothing. <laughs> We're moving on. We're moving on. We need to go back to movie trivia that I got, but either way. Um, <laughs> we'll get back to that in future shows or later on in this one. It all depends. Um, for me, Jojo Calderwood, I, yes, I have been really trying to not be too disparaging on Jessica I. Um, I was a fan of her back when she was in Bellator and actually fought to her strengths and didn't just have this grandiose opinion of herself and her skills and thinks that like everybody is somehow against her. I mean, I'm against her, but most everybody isn't. Um, but I, I like Jojo, like how long, I mean, obviously Jojo has long limbs, but she fights long. She does the teep from a distance. She will throw straight punches. She's better in the clinch. than I, I's best chance is to get her with volume and pin her against the cage. Although I think if they do that, then they'll have to be in the clinch. And I like Jojo there. So uh, this is Mike's bet. Obviously, as I already said, minus 120. Uh, 1.22 win, you guys. One unit. Pause, reduce time, timestamps. These are things that happen when we're down a guy and, I'm, and we're scrambling. It's okay. It's totally okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm making myself laugh on this yeah, one. Yeah, that's, that's the best way. In the co-main event, see that time I was able to talk and do timestamps. The co-main event of the evening, this one is my bet, but I will give it to you first so we have a wide scope of opinions. Um, Dan Hooker, minus 120 versus the one-time, sorry, minus 125, updated odds. Sorry about that. Um, minus 125 versus the one-time Bellator lightweight champion. I'm saying that a couple times because mm-hmm. you know they're not going to say that on the UFC broadcast. 
into it now. I need to let you know that he was the Bellator lightweight champion. They'll say maybe he was a champion in another league. Yes, but outside the organization. Outside the organization. I mean, they might not even say uh, Eddie Alvarez in his name in that situation because now he's at one. So it, uh, we'll see how it flows. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Chandler is a plus 105 underdog. Mikey Gills, the co-main event, Hooker versus Chandler. I uh, just real quick. It's like you were just saying they're going to bl- like no, no Eddie Alvarez. They're going to blur out Connor's like highlight reel. <laughs> But uh, no, one time they'll show it because that was so, in the UFC. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, before I break down this fight, I have to get this out of the way. Um, I have to clear up that there could be some bias in here. Uh, I'm, I like Michael Chandler. And I have for a really long time. I used to live in Atlanta and I actually worked with a family member of his. It was a cousin of his. And it's not just that. But I've been a bit fan of his fight style, too. But there's like a personal connection here. With that being said, I do think he is going to win the fight outside of all of that, just stylistically and everything else that I see. I think Chandler's going to take this. I forgot to say Chandler, 7,700 on DraftKings. That's another thing I like. Dan Hooker, 8,500 on uh, DraftKings. Go for Dan Hooker real quick. He lost his last fight. He did take a ton of damage in that, but outside of that, he's very durable, durable type of fighter, much longer reach, great fighter. He's great on the ground, has good jujitsu. He can stay out of trouble uh, going up against Chandler. And how can I say this? Like, Chandler is everything you want in a fighter. Super aggressive. He can switch it up. Great wrestler. Very good striking. Great power. Um, he can be defeated by a commission member in a stool, which is impressive. Never seen it done before. Um, but, uh, it, it was on the floor because they pulled the stool away. <laughs> that, he corrected me on Twitter one time. I said that. And he said, no, it was the commission member. But anyway, it's besides the point. Um, uh, no, just my pick is Chandler in this fight. I, I do understand all the problems that people have. Like, oh, he's been fighting guys that aren't... Look, look, let's be real. A lot of the guys in Bellator are not UFC level. But to the same extent, Dan Hooker, how... Like, I can go through his record real quick, but, like, he hasn't beaten the cream of the crop either, you know? So, I, I'm rambling. This is your bet. What do you think? Well, the... the... Anyone who's been in MMA for a while will understand this terminology. They are both blood and guts fighters. They are a guy that will like go into the fray, take damage, and push forward. And you would like to say, hey, hey, Randy Horton. Sorry, the big Randy guy. He's off hopped in the chat. Thanks for that. Sorry. Uh, mini celebrity in our house right there. And 443 watching live. We love every one of you. Before, sorry. Redirecting. Yeah. <laughs> He has taken so much damage over his recent career. Um, this isn't some, I'm sorry. This is not Alexander Volkanovsky. This is not Israel Adesanya. Just because he is at the same camp, it's a good camp. Just because he's at the same camp does not mean he is those guys. Anyone that can establish wrestling on him and makes him think about the wrestling, he dials back his output takes him longer to get range, pretty much sticks to punches, doesn't throw as many kicks. Kicks are a big part of this game. You saw that a little bit in the Poirier fight. He was landing hard kicks. This is a three-round fight, which I think helps um, Chandler out a little bit. Dude, like I said, he will come across, come straight forward, just throw volume, throw what he's got a good chin on him. And he will, for at least for three rounds, can go constant 100% speed right at you. Um, I mean, Hooker can do that too, but the longer fight favors Hooker, in, in my opinion, especially the first fight in the UFC, the lights, all that jazz. I know people coming over from Bellator don't have a good track record in their first fight. Uh, that's true. But I'm sorry, there's a, there's enough split decisions that Dan Hooker has gotten 
that if he didn't get his record would look way worse than it is. And like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like I thought, like I, I bet him against Paul Felder and that fight was way too close for comfort. Like right. you, if you are this level of lightweight, you should utterly destroy Paul Felder, Paul Felder. I might retire Paul Felder. I'm not necessarily into it. It's like, you should finish guys like James Vick. You should. He took so much damage from Edson Barboza. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. It's between that and Dustin Poirier fight. Like this guy's a fairly, he's only 30 and he has taken so much damage. Just not to mention like the sheer amount of quarantining that coming from where, uh, from New Zealand that they have to do going into this fight and post this is this is not a championship fight. This is a fight that may or may not get Hooker a title shot. This is Chandler's biggest fight of his entire career. This is his Super Bowl. This is everything he's been working for. It's about a guarantee that he will get a title fight after this. I guarantee you there has been something said, maybe signed, that after this he's getting it. I like the wrestling threat. And on top, his ground and pound is vicious. And I think he can get him against the cage if he needs to and throw some serious bombs. He throws everything into the punches. I just, I don't, he's, he's relentless. Um, Hooker takes breaks and can take a lot of damage. So uh, the fact that he's the underdog here is the big thing. If he was the favorite, maybe it wouldn't go that way. But plus 105, I got to take it. So I have one unit at the plus 105 for Michael Chandler to beat Hooker. I guess that's, that's, a, that's a weird way to end the phrase. But... <laughs> No, dude, you got me pumped up. So again, for the people that are listening, we don't like we don't get together before the show and go over no, our picks. This is all just off the hip. Like I, 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 right before we went on air, I became aware that that was your pick, but we don't talk mm-hmm. about it or anything. No, so, literally like, the extent of knowing about it ahead of time is I make sure I know uh, real mics just so I know when to start a timestamp for a fight we're going to talk about. Yeah, the <laughs> the point I'm making is we don't we don't sit here like Tuesday at 10 a.m. and go okay we're all picking these blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. The, my what I'm getting at is you just sold me like I was a little nervous. I thought I was going to be on an island with Chandler all the time. <laughs> oh, no, and man, then I'm, like you started talking, you can say I'm, I'm getting into it. I'm like all right, let's go, let's go. I, I'm big. I, yeah. I don't think I don't think real Mike is as big as me because I think I, I sensed a little bit of hesitancy when I first brought him up, but he's not on here to do it, so I don't want to speak for him mm-hmm. but uh yeah I'm, I'm going with chandler i'm going chandler in a big way i mean i'm not the only the only reason i am not putting more than one unit on him is this is his ufc debut right if he had like a softer intro to the ufc and this was like his second fight i probably would go huge on this one well we are to the main event of this fight card the main event and <laughs> Sorry, I'm, if you're not watching the uh, the video there, this is not going to make sense. But as soon as I did that, uh, Mike Gills lifted up his proper 12 whiskey and his framed retweeted tweet from Conor McGregor, which I, I'm sorry, I'm still at a loss. For the it's fact in that. a sparkly frame. It looks good. <laughs> Conor McGregor was just <laughs> Oh, right, quick! I'm gonna regain myself by talking yes. about people. Yeah, hello everyone in the chat. Thank you, Rain, uh, Ryan. I don't think I said thank you for that last award you gave us. Thank you to the 453 people in here watching live for this pay per view. We have Dustin Poirier plus 250 versus Conor McGregor minus 300. Actually, quick add on on that. I think the odds updated. It's minus 310 now for McGregor plus 255 Ooh. for. This is the second time they meet. Last time was at 145. This is 
is at 155, neither of which were for the title, but you could argue this one should be. So, real Mike, you're not real Mike. I, I, I read my notes. I don't even have the window up. I'm just reading my notes <laughs> to make sure I don't hop back and forth too much. And sometimes it bites me. You know what? It bit me. It bit me bad this time. But you know what, Mikey Gills, you'll make up for it for your breakdown here for so Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. Oh, man, where to start? Uh, Conor McGregor, 9,100 on DraftKings, a guy who is more confident after losses than most fighters are after wins, uh, and, and he's coming off a win, so you got to understand where he's at right now mentally. Like He knows he's already called his shot against Poirier once, and he hit it out of the park. Still in the athletic prime of his career, he's always been a power puncher, but physically he's much more muscular now, and you have to think that that lends itself to having more power. Poirier style, it's pretty much tailor-made for him. So you think about all that. Why can't I stop thinking about Dustin Poirier's $7,100 price tag on DraftKings? I can't get it out of my head. You're looking better as a person. Yeah, uh, look. <laughs> Dustin Poirier, he has a, he has past, paths to win this fight. His best one is to drag it out and get Connor into the later rounds. It's no secret Connor's gas tank's been shown to be an issue. Like, if he were a Wizard of Oz character, he'd be the Tin Man. I don't think that's an unfair statement. Like, you could say that he'd be the Wicked Witch of the left or the West because he's got that weird laugh, but I'm going to focus on the heart issue for right now. Like, Dustin Poirier, do we pick him as an underdog in this fight just for DraftKings? I'm not talking about... My, I should clear this up right away. My pick for the fight is Conor McGregor. He called a shot on him once. Now he's calling a shot on him again. They have both grown. I don't want to hear this like Conor hasn't, Dustin has. No, that's not true. Connor has obviously grown as well, and he's more powerful. If he's calling a shot, I think he can get him. I'm talking about DraftKings. That's why I'm here. Do we pick him as an underdog? And I don't see how you don't. Aside from a no contest against Eddie Alvarez, he has won six of his last seven fights against top-level competition, and he scored over 100 points each time. Conor McGregor has not beaten a true top-level mixed martial artist since 2016. To put that into perspective, the entire Trump administration has happened since his last win over a top-ranked UFC fighter. Think about that. That's crazy. That's nuts. How can I not put $7,100 on Dustin Poirier? He's been active. He's been beating the best in the sport the whole time. No coke, no gang fights, no sex scandals, no jail time, just hot sauce and fights. That's all this guy does. I am picking Connor to win this fight because he is truly a special talent, and I believe that. He retweeted me once. That's personal. But as far as DraftKings goes, $7,100 is just impossible to say no to. Dustin Poirier can drag this fight. If it even goes to the third round, my lean on this fight changes completely. If we hit the third round, I am picking Dustin Poirier the rest of the way. And specifically for DraftKings, if Dustin Poirier takes it into the third round, we are either talking a high, high dollar or high point, I should say, decision win or a finish later on in the fight. He has those avenues all over the place. So... Again, $7,100 on DraftKings, impossible to say no to. Overall pick on the fight, Conor McGregor. Well, quick pause. Thank you for the high war, Jack girl. How you doing? Lynn, up, hello from Calgary. Appreciate anyone tuning in from Canada. I don't know how much of a fan base we have there, but you know what? You're the leader of it. I've just decided. Um, <laughs> hello from the Chicago suburbs. Mike Gills, where are you exactly at again? I always forget the exact like, Oh, uh, area. Baltimore, Maryland. Technically, so, it's Catonsville, though, but I live in Baltimore County, so, so I claim it. We basically have East Coast, Midwest, 
and West Coast when Real Mike's here. We have the whole country covered. So now we just got to get some people up in Canada. There we go. Um, <laughs> so for the main event that you all hear first, for the, for the 459 people in here live are going for, obviously, I, I have to become McGregor. I think a lot of people are, I'm hearing more and more people talk about Dustin Poirier. And I love Dustin Poirier. And I think that's the main reason people are picking him is because, sorry, he's the better dude. He, he, he is. He's the, he's the nicer guy. He, like you said, he doesn't have the scandals. Yeah. He just knows to the grindstone. I did an appreciation thread of gifts of him, of like him just like being cute with his daughter, being nice to people, being respectful. Like he's the better guy. In MMA, usually the nice guys don't exactly finish first. And you said this is tailor-made. This is absolutely true. Dustin Poirier, he goes through fire in his wins. Yes, he has beat the top of this division. Many of them, obviously not the Khabib one, but he has to engage and get you to react. And then he can learn and develop as he takes damage over that first round, two rounds. This is exactly why the Cowboy Cerrone fight was tailor-made for Cerrone. He's a slow starter versus Connor's fast starter. Obviously, not Poirier isn't a slow starter, but the reason that Conor McGregor is a fast starter is because technically he's a counter-striker, but he needs to engage with you, throw the kicks to get you to throw so he can see your openings, and that's when he strikes. So he's an aggressive counter-striker, I guess you could put it that way, but... I hate to break it to Dustin Poirier. I mean, I know he's at 55. I mean, the chin isn't necessarily better. Dude takes a lot of damage. He's been rocked by a lot of guys. I mean, he has quick recovery, but like there you go. Watch that clip right there. This is when he starts to go down. That was in their first fight and down and down. One thing I really appreciate about Conor, appreciate about Conor McGregor, one crazy thing that uh, the UFC did is they showed his seven or eight finishes within the UFC. And if you watch each one of them, he is the most patient finisher i've ever seen and what i mean by that is when he gets a guy hurt he doesn't wildly flail strikes to get the finish each one of them has intention and it's placed it's why because he knows eventually one of those is going to put you out he's not going to tire himself out that way yes he doesn't have the best gas tank but in those first like seven minutes it's like you're a lightweight in god mode in a video game He's coming across. You have to survive it. You can't jump into the fray of it. And that's what Dustin Poirier is going to do, which I'm sad to say because love the guy. He's an amazing person and a great fighter. But I'm sorry. Like other than like the drop that happened to him in the Khabib fight, I don't necessarily – I can't tell you too much of what happened of him getting knocked down early. It will be late. I completely agree. If this gets into the third round, this is a different fight. I yeah. don't think it's going to get there. Yes, minus 310 is a ridiculous price it absolutely is but in the first round it's plus 175 in the second round is plus 350 so if you're super confident i mean you could sprinkle it plus 175 i'm not sure i'm gonna go with any of that right now because it's gonna be weird like i do truly think that kind of McGregor is gonna get the finish it's, it's gonna be devastating and amazing in the first round similar to the Cerrone one not similar I meaning the style of finish but the fact that it's gonna happen it's gonna be a highlight but i want to root for dustin poirier it's the, one of those, those <laughs> hard hard points and so I'm not going to bet on this fight. I might find it in something because uh, I do think that if it does go later, Dustin Poirier has a better chance to get a submission later on a tired Conor McGregor. I don't think he's going to put him out, but I think he could possibly get a submission later. So uh, fight doesn't go to the distance is, is something that I've toyed around with more more for fun. Like that's not going to be 
any type of bet whatsoever. But like if I just go to decision, never mind. If I just go to minus 400, I should probably should check that beforehand. Jeez. Okay. Never mind. Just forget what I just said. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think it's going to go to decision because I think it's going to be an early finish uh, by Conor McGregor, which is exactly what I think is going to happen. It's going to be devastating. It's going to be a TKO probably in the first round because once you even start getting to the second, it starts getting a little bit issue. But I do think he's going to at least knock down Poi in the first, if not finish him. And that's the thing, dude. Once he knocks you down, he is a fantastic finisher. He he absolutely is. And uh, sadly, I think he's going to take out Dustin Poirier. So the pick is Conor McGregor, obviously. And sorry, Dustin Poirier, I will buy your hot sauce. I plan on it. <laughs> Hello from Kansas City there, Jack Girl. How you doing? Wash his hot sauce down with a little proper 12. Everybody wins. <laughs> but you got to put some money in Dustin Poirier's coffers. Why am I buying the hot sauce? But uh, I'm going to give a quick review of our bets, and then I will throw it to Mikey Gills to give his DraftKings rundown for you guys. Yes, two DraftKings lineups in one single show. I know, crazy, right? So the first bet is uh, uh, at minus 120 for JoJo Calderwood. So that's 1.2 to win you guys one unit. And then uh, my bet is the plus 105 on Michael Challenge. So that's one unit to win you guys. 1.05 units that's to you 462 people watching live here and all 462 of you are about to experience mikey gills give you the main event well, not the main event the entire fight card DraftKings situation there we go <laughs> all right let's uh, let's start off with dustin poirier seventy one hundred dollars we just talked about it DraftKings has put me in a position here that i don't want to be in I like Connor to win this fight, but I can't deny the obvious path to victory for Dustin Poirier should this fight extend beyond the Connor danger zone. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, how can I say this? I'm gonna take my own advice and pick the best fighter at the lowest price, which is Dustin Poirier on this card. Which is something we should probably talk about more often. Like when you're setting up your cards, find the best fighter at the lower price and take a real good look at his opponent. Usually a pretty good strategy. Anyway, if this fight ends up going past the second round, I think Dustin starts to pour it on. No pun intended there. Didn't mean that. I swear nice. to God. Nice. <laughs> I like that one. That was actually that was completely accidental. But I think he can work his way to a decision on this one. Next up, Michael Chandler, 7,700. Let's go ahead and get this out of the way for what it is. So far, we have Poirier and Chandler. This is like the basic bitch slate. I understand that, but it's fine. Uh, I am just. It's I'm, the pumpkin spice of DraftKings lineups. Yeah, I'm picking the names right now. But it's not without merit. Michael Chandler is an absolute beast. He's got multiple paths to victory in this fight. Like, I won't lie. I went, I went back and forth in this fight between Chandler and Shoeface, but I like how hittable Hooker can be, and Chandler can wrestle his way to a decision if we need him to do that. For 7700 I will take that. Next up, $8,200. We're going with Sarah McMahon. Check out Sarah McMahon's, uh, McMahon's Instagram right now. Like I said, she is just she is mom goals right now. She is on a warpath, and I think stylistically with what Pena needs to do to win, uh, Sarah McMahon is just better, and I think she's going to get on top of her, and she's going to beat her up real bad. So maybe it's going to be uh, look, this is an $8,200 one. Well, you can flip this with someone if you want to pain you maybe, but I'm taking it man all day. Next up, Otman Azatar, $8,800. This is a good fight for your DraftKings slate because you'll probably know very early on in this fight how it's going to go for you. Like the, the flip side of that, of course, is like if Provola starts landing takedowns, this is going to be the longest 15 minutes of your life. It's going to be like not... It's going to be like that scene in Rounders where Teddy KGB, like, he does the Oreo thing and Matt Damon figures him out, then he just leans on him a little bit. That's what it's going to be like in this fight if Favola starts landing his takedowns. But that's not going to happen. Ottoman Azatar, let's go. I love it. 
This next one, I, I mentioned something earlier about it. I'm going to go ahead. I am canceling my Armin Sazerkian. I screwed up the name. Stereoka. Yeah, sorry. I'm changing that. I am putting Mahmoud Muradov in 8,600, changing it on the fly, called an impulse buy. We already went over that. I like him for the finish a little bit better. We are finishing this out $9,300, Khalil Roundtree. Please, baby Jesus, do not let this fight get canceled. It's going to be violent. I just think Roundtree is a class above Procneo. He's going to come to throw heat. If this is his retirement fight, he got a gift of an opponent to go for it. And I don't know. I just, I expect all the points in this fight. Khalil Roundtree throws his absolute heat. He's got that solid Muay Thai striking. Procneo doesn't belong to even be here. He's going down. Let's recap this one time real fast. Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Sarah McMahon, Otman Azatar, Mahmoud Muradov, and Khalil Roundtree. Let's go. Mm. Don't worry. I got the timestamp, so we got the grunt. Don't worry about it. Yes. <laughs> uh, thanks again, Ryan Richardson, man, throwing us another high five award. Appreciate that. Working on our own individual award. We'll see how that comes later on. It's actually funny. When I was looking for uh, highlight videos for Sarah McMahon, there is one on YouTube of her um, uh, hitting mitts while pregnant. And I almost put it in there, but I thought that might be too much. So they would have got, I wish I did now only because it would have very much gone with your whole mom goals angle. Mm -hmm. So, okay. For future reference, maybe some of that synergy will line up. So a big thank you to the 465 people watching here live. Sorry, real Mike got cut out because of mother nature. That mother nature. She's mom a mother. Goals. Yeah, This is a very mom centered podcast. If you don't know, I don't know if you know that, but you know what? If you didn't know that, now you know. I apologize for whoever I stole that from. I know I stole from at least eight people. Thank you for the super clap, Randy Horton. And for any of you listening now or in the live chat now, you got to re-listen later because otherwise you missed Mike Gill's performing Informer by Snow. And I can sing us out to the break. <laughs> this is something that like, I'm not like, it just is perfect synergy how it happens. You got you to go back for that. Uh, Mikey Gill's I mean, I'm not going to ask you to do it again now, but anything else you want to say to the people before we bid adieu for this big pay-per-view podcast? Um, not to the people so much as to the fighters. I mean, if you want me to pick you, I mean, there's one obvious way to get there. I will be a fan of yours for life. And this is important to me. It's going back above the fireplace. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's wonderful. <laughs> oh, well, I guess nothing special for me. Uh, I know... My real Mike would probably just say goodbye. Have a good week. Enjoy the fights. There's a ton of them. I mean, I might miss quite a few tomorrow because I'm not allowed to like stream video while operating heavy machinery. That's typically frowned upon. So I won't be doing that. So I'll be definitely catching up tomorrow. And then we got the huge pay-per-view this coming weekend. Well, we will be back next week. Basically, we're reviewing UFC 257 and then the fights that were Fight Island because as far as I could tell, even though we are have for some reason have to bang out three fight cards in eight days, we now have a week off for some reason before we get an overroom fight. So we will be able to like slow review everything that happens at 257 and a few of the ones we didn't get to talk about from Fight Out. So it'll be, it'll be an awesome review show next week. Again, thank you for everyone for hitting us in live. Thank you for everyone for turn, tuning in. All the awards, much appreciated. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your platform of choice. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, RSS Feed, and Haps here. We're live on Haps. We have our individual channels that kind of get linked to this one as well as this main one. Remember to subscribe to us on YouTube, the full-length shows and the tidbits that I've been taking timestamps for. They'll be there 
after the fact sprinkled just 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 utterly sprinkled like breadcrumbs to the next show into the next fight card throughout the week like comment and share to spread the word and with that let's roll